Mornings with the Wash Boys. Now, from high atop the Camelback Towers in Scottsdale, from the Star Worldwide Network Studios, George Odin, partner of Arden Advisory Group, and Jonathan Kierman, Executive Vice President of Superstar Car Wash, talk all things car wash and more. Now, your hosts for Car Wash Confessions with the Wash Boys, Jonathan and George. All right, welcome to this week's edition of Car Wash Confessions with the Wash Boys. I'm Jonathan Kierman with Superstar Car Wash. And once again, not sitting next to me is my partner in crime, George Oden from Arden Advisory Group. George, is it really that cold in Utah that you're wearing a heavy fleece outfit? Um, no, but it was more fun to torture you. Okay, well, I appreciate that because... <laughs> It's hot here, and I know it's hot where our guest is at as well, so we'll, we'll kind of like live vicariously through you. How does that sound? That's fair enough. All right. That's fair enough. Before we get started, do you want to say thank you to our sponsor, Welcome Matt Services. Um, so thank you for being our sponsor and playing along with us. And they actually um, went out and shared, uh, been sharing about us on LinkedIn so that more people can learn about who we are on their LinkedIn page. So thank you, Welcome Matt. George, I, I can't wait. I didn't didn't have a chance to ask you beforehand. What is your confession this week? I want to hear that you miss me so, and you want to come back to the studio. That's my. That's what that's I not a hear. confession, Jonathan. Okay. That's just a, an everyday reality. I appreciate. I absolutely that. miss being around you. Yes. Um, I asked my my son is is visiting in Park City. Yeah. Uh, as well as my mother, and uh, I'm running out of confessions because I live such a clean life. Ah, so okay. Asked, That's why you got to um, come back. You need to go out. <laughs> I asked for a little bit of help. Okay. And my son's like, well, and, and about 15 minutes later, he was finished with the list. I'm like, okay, thanks, Kyle. Um, but he did come up with a winner. I mean, it's no earwax story. Okay. But, but, um, so there's a, uh, a, a game, a video game you play on your phone, Flippy Race, which is you, you just raise a boat over some obstacles and you hopefully you beat the other boats and sometimes i do that during conference calls sometimes i do that you know when i just um am bored generally <laughs> and all of a sudden i look down and i have um won nine thousand nine hundred and ninety nine flippy races and i am in the top thousand internationally wow uh, flippy racing <laughs> so I, I'm not proud of it. I'm really not. You're not so proud you're, of that? Yeah, that's not good. Okay. That's not good. Wow. All right. I, now you know my secret about what I'm doing when I'm on conference calls with you, Jonathan. <laughs> oh, see, I usually think that, you know, when you're on your phone, you're responding to important business stuff, but it's really flippy race. <laughs> okay. Well, that's, that's good. Well, mine is no earwax story, and it's definitely not um, a flippy race, but I have to confess, I'm starting to get excited about football season. Now, I am wearing my Cardinals partner thing today, but I'm not that excited about the Cardinals because I don't think they're going to be that good. But it's I can sense fall is in the air, and I'm getting excited about it. And, you know, this is one of my favorite times of the year, and we start thinking about fantasy football and just 
excitement. First Cardinals home game is this Friday. I know. I'm not going. I know you're not going. I'm not going. either. I gave yeah. my tickets away, but I'm still really excited. Sorry, but I want to hear your confession. That is I my digress. confession. My confession is I'm excited <laughs> about football season. And it's only 28 days. That's my confession. So Wow. I know. What are you going to next confess that you love being an American? I mean, come on. I, yeah, I know. I, you know, it's racking my brain, George. I couldn't really think of anything. And, you know, I was really, I was on my pretty good best behavior in Hawaii. Um, all right. You want a confession? I'll give you a confession. So we went on this sunset cruise. And by the way, I do feel very badly for what's happening in Maui right now. It's, I'm seeing these pictures and I, I literally was standing in those spots not even two weeks ago. Um, it's very, very sad. But we went on this um, sunset cruise, not a booze cruise. It was a sunset cruise, 530 at night to 730 at night. And um, the catamaran pulls up, so you got to kind of walk in through the beach and then up these stairs. Now they do it is they do serve alcohol. It is free, you know, flowing. You can drink as much as you want, but it would take a lot in that two hour period to really get hammered. I mean, when I say hammered, I mean like hammered. Like you got to be really, really, you got to drink a lot on that. So we're about 45 minutes in and I look over and I'll show you it the next time I see you is this guy is sitting on a seat on the deck and he is like passed out. Just, I mean like passed out. And my confession is, is that I took a picture of him and I posted it on Facebook and um, I, I felt really bad and I ended up taking the, the picture down because the subsequent story, and I won't take too much of our time, is his wife slash girlfriend, fiance, sat down next to him and you could just, she was crying. She was so upset that this guy was passed out on this cruise and she was like knocking him and trying to wake him up. And so, but the, 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 the piece about it is, is the cruise ends and I'm like, how are they going to get this guy off? I mean, he could, he, I, I thought he might've been dead. They were checking his pole. I mean, he was really out. There's no way he did not come on that boat, you know, where he, he had to have been intoxicated before he got on. So two crew members help him off. And I went up to her and I said, can I help you? You know, is there something I can do? Gets down. He was so drunk. I'm not going to tell you what he did next, but she comes up to me and she says, can you help me? So I actually ended up helping her and him up the beach because he couldn't walk to they got to the right spot. So that was, I felt like my penance for my initial post on Facebook because that's a better confession than I'm excited about football season. Wouldn't you agree? That is outstanding. Jonathan, you are, you are outdoing yourself every week lately. <laughs> well, that's good to that hear. Well done. Yeah. I do think taking a, posting a picture of some poor hammered guy on Facebook, that's low, man. That is, I felt really bad. <laughs> I really low. did. I really did. I was that's like, a good confession. I was like, ah, oh, I feel bad. And then I, I've been telling people this story and like, oh, I saw that on Facebook. I'm like, it was up for like five minutes. Five minutes it was up. That was it. Anyway, we, so great confessions today. This is good stuff, but we have a terrific guest. I'm super excited to introduce um, him to our audience. So we have Palmer Dean from Wash Metrics. He's the COO. And he has a great story about wash metrics and how it got started because he's a former car wash operator. And I, I really think that our um, listeners are going to enjoy today. So Palmer, thanks for joining us. We're glad to have you on board. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how wash metrics got started? Sure. Thank you, uh, Jonathan and George. Really appreciate it. Um, 
I'm kind of chuckling to myself because ever since listening to whatever episode you guys did and you were talking about your, I think it was your wife that mentioned you should clean your ears after yeah. the shower. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. implemented that this week. So it's kind of my confession. Oh, I like that. And it's that. really nice. Oh, I'll have really to tell nice. That. That's awesome. I didn't have any issue prior, but okay. I did want to give it a go. But uh, yeah, again, seriously, thank you guys. Um, so I got into the car wash world back in 2017. And um, initially, I had started a different business in the apparel industry. Um, I wasn't married. I had just gotten, or actually, I take that back. When I started it, I was married or engaged, got married, and then um, was doing that. And my wife ended up getting pregnant. And I quickly realized and kind of looked at myself in the mirror and thought, you know, this is fun. I could keep doing it. I need to raise a bunch of capital or I need to think about the next five to 10 years and get real with myself and go into a business I think I could be successful in. And so at that time, I have a few different mentors I would consider here in Dallas, um, one of which we went to breakfast and I was like, hey, you know, trying to network through them. And I was like, I've got my resume. I put one together, hadn't had one for five years, but had had some success in that previous venture and uh, and before that. And so he kind of stopped me over breakfast and said, hey, what do you know about car washes? And I said, uh, nothing. I go to that. There's one over on Lemon here in Dallas. Uh, where I live. I go to that one. I love it. It's easy. It's quick. He was like, exactly. He was like, that is what I'm thinking. Would you have interest in doing this? And I was like, sure, but I don't know where to begin. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, long story short, he kind of tasked me with uh, high level. We need to look for real estate. I don't know anything about how to get the equipment. Um, he did not know either. And we kind of just shook hands on what an agreement would be. And I started to hit the streets. And lo and behold, um, this is kind of funny. The first, so I Google, right? And I say car wash equipment provider. And at that time here in Dallas, it was a company called Big Man Washes with uh, I think Wes Dawson was the founder. The first time I call in, I get connected with Keith Stuman, who is a part of Sonny's um, at this point. But Keith ended up becoming this kind of integral part, but literally first phone call uh, out of the blue. I had no idea what I was doing. I connect with, uh, with Mr. Stuman and he started to kind of feed me little leads here and there. Long story short, we ended up buying a old, it had changed hands a lot, a lot of times out in Coppell, an old full service called the Coppell Car Wash. But the real estate was fantastic. And so that was kind of, that's the expedited version of how I got into the space back in 2017. Um, we did a renovation that ended up taking nine months when it was supposed to take five. It was a crazy year of rain. Um, but lo and behold, we got it open and, and we were off to the races. So, so Palmer, what was the, uh, car wash 
near you that inspired you? Come on, you can give them a shout out. At that, now it's Carnation. At that time, it was Carmel. And, uh, and so, yeah, that, that was the um, spot that I would go. My dad actually used to go there. And so we would, he was like, you got to see this place. And I'll never forget when we went through that wash, because I think John Broderson was, he was another one of those kind of leading forefront guys for express car washes in Dallas, at least in my kind of view. And so it, that there was a location over on Mockingbird and Abrams. And then the one over on Lemon and the Tollway is where I regularly would go. I didn't have, there weren't even memberships back then. So I would just randomly go when I had enough <laughs> enough money to pay for a wash or needed one. But uh, yeah, yeah. Let's see. So you had the one wash. And then if I, if I understand your story correctly, you bought a second wash, but it didn't have the same systems and same point mm -hmm. of sale and all the rest of that. And that's kind of, would you say that would be like the starting of the seeds being planted for how wash metrics became an idea in your brain? Honestly, it compounded the seed. So we had, I don't want to name names, but we had our initial point of sale vendor for, and our brand was called or is called, it's still here today, but it's called Alpine wash. And it was about <laughs> six months in to kind of having our feet under us. Um, I need to mention my partner is also, he was a former managing director at Fortress, the publicly traded investment firm. And the reason I say that is that he is a numbers guru. He is all about the numbers, refining numbers, modeling. So he pumped into me a way of looking and viewing business, uh, regardless of car wash, that was kind of like a um, just just it was like we call it the Randy Brown school of business. <laughs> so um, but he and I, he started to say, well, how do we get like our water costs per car? And we started to talk about these per car metrics and. So I started to relay my questions over to the point of sale vendor and it just more or less fell on deaf ears. They were responsive, but it was nothing. I think we had one site. We are new guys. We have no idea what we're talking about. Um, but for us, it was crucial to, to really manage the financial piece of the business without me having to do all this legwork. Right. So again, nothing came of it. We built several budget to actual um, spreadsheets and models and pro formas to monitor our business that I would upkeep every single month. And then we did get our second site and our third site actually in one swoop, although we staggered the openings. And we were going to go with the same point of sale vendor, but the distributor that we were working through ended up selling to a competitor. And the competitor made us an offer after we had already cut the check. We were mid construction on our second location for a two side opportunity, gave us all the bells and whistles as long as we went with this equipment and this point of sale. And we just said, okay, you know, that shouldn't be an issue. I went and scoped another wash that's uh, north of Dallas, really one of the only ones that had this equipment at the time and the point of sale as well. And I just said, look, it, you know, it all looks good. Kiosk looks pretty clean. 
I, I don't really have any any problems. So we we went ahead and did it. And I, it's funny we look back, um, Randy and I, and we talk about this. It's like, man, we had no idea what we were doing to ourselves by getting in that right. A lot of times, if you, Jonathan, you know, and George, I'm sure too. A lot of times, guys, when you buy locations, you rip and replace to standardize that point of sale, right? And so our sites, though, are not in a cluster. So we didn't even really think about it too much. It was just the actual operation of like, I can't compare my locations. It's all now a manual reporting effort. I have to export those reports. I can't see operational statistics in real time. Um, so those things really caught up quickly. And it was, uh, it, it definitely, I would say, it pushed me mentally to where I couldn't get away from it. And I knew that there needed to be a tech solution and a software that regardless of the point of sale and regardless of your accounting software, um, you could unify all of those systems, right? So where the operations meets the financials, what does that performance look like? What are the variances, et cetera, across locations, right? And so that, that was the basis of the idea in my head, right? And that's probably three or four years ago now. Um, and it wasn't that's not long. That's pretty quick. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's not long. I mean, I'll, let me put it to you this way too. So with Alpine, I was in charge of pretty much everything day to day, right? I would also be in charge of site hunting. I would be working with the cities we had a team of 25 so those days became long and then the frustration would grow because i would just i would either be on my phone or on the computer like this and i would be like man this is to me it was ridiculous we put up all this capex to get in this business across multiple sites and yet here i am what i felt like working with software that did not match what the investment was right and so to me it it just it wouldn't leave me alone <laughs> thinking about this idea and if it, if it's even possible right and that was the that's a whole another question that we were able to overcome but yeah that was the start to to kind of everything that's happened since so why don't you tell uh, you know our audience if they haven't heard about you because you've really burst on the scene and i mean if you walked by your booth at the car wash show, like trying to find five minutes to talk to you guys was near impossible <laughs> because there's such a demand for exactly what you're talking about. So why don't you tell us a little bit about wash metrics and, and, and what you do and, and what you're seeing across the industry in terms of response from car wash operators. Sure. Yes. The show, the show was awesome. Um, we had no idea, <clears throat> excuse me, how it was going to go. I've gone to the show in the past as an attendee, obviously, uh, just scoping out, walking around. Um, but we had no idea what was in store. And I think maybe to set the tone, you know, the way that I see the world of analytics right now and car washes and just the pure existing environment go go outside of, of, of wash metrics first. It's like everything is report driven. If you go DRB, ICS, Sunny's, Micro, you name it, it's all the same report tactics. Now, you may like one of those more than the other, whether you're used to it or 
you don't like it, but you just got stuck with it, whatever the reason, you're still going and you're having to run these reports, right? You're having to export these reports. Then you're having to toggle to other locations, run the same report, right? Very redundant manual process. And then you're going and you're pulling in, hey, I need my P&Ls by site, by month. And then I'm opening up Excel and I'm capturing and queuing in all these data points that I need to get to well, what was my water cost per car? What was electric per car? How much did I spend here? How does mm -hmm. that compare to budget, right? So that, that was my world. I got very proficient at it. What Wash Metrics does is unifies all of those systems. It unifies the, any point of sale. We reverse engineered all four of the big guys. Um, we've also got integrations into NetSuite, QuickBooks. Uh, we have Dynamics coming out. We have several accounting systems. Um, and then we're also rolling out a, I want a, a bad term, but like a hefty load of HRIS uh, systems, right? Paycom, Paycorp, Paylocity. A lot of ones that guys, as you get to a certain scale, <clears throat> that's what they utilize the clock in, clock out. So what Wash Metrics brings all, all that data together in one simplified dashboard that really was built from the lens of a site manager all the way up to the C-suite lenders, investors, whoever you need or need to give access to or export any of our data points, it's all there for you. Whether you want to look at your entire operation as a whole, or you want to say, hey, I've got my create a site group for my washes in Texas, my washes in Arizona, my washes in Colorado, my washes in Utah. And then you can start to create this world of just pure one click into any KPIs that are purpose-built or even mission critical, right, to your organization. So that was a long answer, but I'm sorry. I wanted to got to paint the picture for where a lot of people that clients we brought on, clients we're trying to work with, and people that don't know about us. That's that's what Wash Metrics does. We are not a CRM. We are not the marketing company. We are not doing anything with customer data or credit cards. We are purely analytics and tracking your historical performance, your current performance. And we're going to get into the world, I think, uh, sooner than later of forecasting out performance. But we don't want to necessarily roll things out until we know we can do it very, very accurately. So, Palmer, when you when you have a, a potential client, um, what's the what's the value proposition for them? I mean, clearly a it more streamlined, better access to data, but you know, I, I assume you don't do this for free. Um, That's right. And uh, <laughs> as a result, you know, how how does your client justify that expense? Sure. That's a good question. So it's perfect timing, too. So we have several case studies of some of our early clients. Um, we have 20 clients now across 12 states. I'll leave the site count to your imagination, but that's all within five months of launching. And so with some of our early clients, one has 15, one has 20, one has three, right? We want to kind of cover this scale. And I just got the actual ROI back, right? Because as a startup, it's it's somewhat difficult. It's like, yeah, we know that this is better, but how do you quantify that for users of your system? How, sure, it saves you time. Well, how much time? Or how many, how much, how much time does that equate into 
actual dollars, if, if those people are not running these reports and aggregating, consolidating, and they're doing actual car wash specific agendas. And so one of those, and you guys will see uh, when it's released here in the next couple of weeks, one of them is saving close to $50,000 annually based on, these are his words, and he broke out the calculation for the immediate impact, $50,000 annually on his labor. That's one, because he had his site managers were spending X amount of hours every single week to aggregate, consolidate, and then pass it off, right? That's only just at the site level. So there's the labor savings that we're realizing immediately for teams. And then from an hourly standpoint, we have another customer who's saving close to 60 hours on the FP&A side, just right off the bat on two of the tiles within the system. We call them tiles. You log in, there's just little squares everywhere. George, I'll show you anytime you want, but um, Jonathan's seen it a few times, <laughs> but these tiles, I mean, just two of the tiles in our system have saved 60 hours a month for this FP&A group and they have 15 locations. So I've become in the recent month, two months, like hyper-focused on getting that kind of quantitative ROI that, that exactly to your question, it's like, what is the benefit? It's like, sure, you have a dashboard. I can still go run a report, right? That's a whole different type of conversation, but the actual analysis and savings and really driving profitability is the goal, right? And, right. I, and we're, we're proving that right now, at five months old in the market, we're able to do that with our version one, which is very, very exciting for us. It, it feels like the the value proposition from a labor savings is is impressive and probably catches people's ear. Um, but the real, exactly as you said, I mean, how do you manage your business better? And that intangible benefit has got to be the, it's just got to be huge potentially. Well, and it, that's exactly right. I think, you know, look, whether you have three sites like me or Jonathan who has 85 and he's going to 150 and, and you've got these large brands, right? There is no silver bullet uh, to solve this. I do think that Wash Metrics is one now to work it in however you deem fit. That's for the customer, right? But when you have three sites, the workflow is still the same. It just falls on me right? The owner, which I'm also trying to get to five sites. So I'm, I, you have not enough hours in the day. As you get larger and larger brands, what they're able to do is throw dollars at it and people and time and resources and money to try and solve this kind of Rubik's cube. I call it the data dilemma. Um, because again, kind of back to the earlier point, it's we love our point of sale companies but they leave a lot to be desired, right? And you have to pick up the pieces to monitor not only performance, but just strictly financials. Hey, what is our average cost per car across brand wide over the trailing 12? This looks a little out of whack this month to me. I need to compare, right? For you to do that in today's environment, you have to manually figure it out. Wash Metrics does that for you. We stay plugged in. It's API, database driven. Everything that happens at the wash from a transaction level, we are accounting for, right? And then you, you marry that with the plug into the systems. 
the accounting systems and HRIS forthcoming. And you start to get this kind of 360 degree view instantly without any legwork that you had, you know, Mary, Tom and Joe doing running these reports and doing all that workflow. Now, all of a sudden, it frees people up to work on mission critical deals that they need to for the car wash. The last thing I just want to say on that, it's, you know, we're uh, again, whether you're three sites or you're 75 sites or 150 you're not in the business of trying to become a software development firm, right? You're there to wash as many cars as you can. You want to scale the business. You want the members. Your focus and the core competency is to provide a badass car wash. And so that's why we believe wash metrics can handle this data securely. It can streamline operations. It can drive profitability. It can help you reduce overhead. It can help you see, hey, my site over here in Irving, why is my water two times the amount of what it is in Coppell? So being able to see these data insights is, we like to call it, it's a proactive data approach, not reactive. Today, point of sale environment, it's reactive. I'm reacting. When you log in and you see all these data points, they're all there for you. It's proactive. It's thrown at everything in your face. Hmm. So, you know. Compelling. I, I agree with you, George, especially based on, you know, what I saw, at least at the car wash show with the response from operators, like what are, what are operators, either current clients or potential clients asking you for that wash metrics currently doesn't have, or what do you, what do you see it, you know, as kind of the, the next evolution? Cause you, you said this is really version one. It's only been That's out right. four or five months. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> that's such a loaded question. I love it. We get at this point now it's it's questions or, hey, we would love to see X, Y and Z. Right. Whether that's a tile or what we could would consider like a whole different module. Um, I think for us, the big push is right now we're pushing hard into the labor systems because what we've realized through all these conversations um, and all of these meetings and our current customers and people that are on the fence and people we want to talk to, they all, for the most part, they're all using a third party HRIS. And so what that does is present a problem when you're talking down at site level about using a tool to be smarter, optimized, but it, but really it comes down to like your cars per labor hour, my total spend and X, Y, and Z, right? And so it's, it's a big push for us right now into the labor side of the house and bringing these integrations in. And then I also think we have a lot of things that are coming out that were already roadmapped and validated uh, by current customers, because we like to ask, we don't have all the answers. I don't have all the answers, right? Um, and so we want to confirm what we're doing, right? So sales leaderboard, uh, consolidated report where it's one view of all your locations, all the KPIs, boom, you can subscribe to it. It's in your inbox daily. You can use it in the system. Um, a, a whole lot of things that build out this roadmap that may never end, but that's kind of where our heads are, um, and I also think we're approaching this fork of do we get into do we get into kind of the forecasting, benchmarking, some of the AI, and I know we want to go there in a little bit, but 
do we want to go that route or do we want to continue diving into kind of the site operations realm? And we're not there yet. It's we're still just getting started. But um, those are all questions and or things that we're doing right now that we are always trying to validate. So, you know, you mentioned, and I do want to talk a little bit about the whole AI piece because, you know, it's obviously a hot topic, not just in in our industry, but in general, you know, Mm -hmm. how do you foresee integrating that and, and would it, where would you start? Is it budget forecasting labor forecasting? You know, I've worked in other industries where I've had, you know, a labor, pretty accurate labor forecasters um, and those types of things, but it wasn't AI driven. So, right. you know, what, what do you see or what are you hearing in terms of what that could potentially look like over the course of the next year or two in the car wash space? The car wash space as a whole, right? Like, to your point, I feel like it's a very loosely used term AI and with the whole chat GPT explosion. Um, now you've got Google Bard, you have all these conversational AIs and, and more or less, I don't know, ask a question, you get a response as if I'm talking to you, right, Jonathan, but it's instant. And so as an industry, I, I do think that there's, it's such a, it's a tricky question. I think that it could enhance the customer experience. I think that sensors and on equipment, I think that things that maybe AI would be able to do for the operational side would be incredible. I don't know exactly how it would play out, right? That's not really my expertise, but I could imagine a world, assuming that point of sales are still hardware, right, in the next five years, where instead of potentially having a salesperson, if ChatGPT or Google Bard or one of these conversational uh, AIs, if that's the plugin, it's able to recognize me, assuming I'm a returning customer. If I'm not, it's a new customer, but quickly identify who I am and then say, hey, you did this last time. Do you want to do this? And try to maybe just enhance that customer experience, unlike sometimes the human nature, right? And and hu- using a human to maybe handle that. Again, it's a, it's a sensitive subject, I think, um, cause you're talking about people's jobs. Um, so from an industry standpoint, I don't know, I'm really interested in it. Um, from a wash metric standpoint, we talk about it all the time, right? Like imagine Jonathan, if you were able to log into wash metrics, let's just assume you had it and you were like, what has been our cost per, you just queue in a little search box. What has been our cost per car? average over the last 24 months. Boom. Thanks for asking, Jonathan. Your cost per car is X, Y, and Z. This is your highest average. This is your lowest average. This is how many cars associated. So more or less trying to, we're thinking about things in that regard. Now, is it practical? If my partner Chayton was here, he'd probably slap me on the back of the head because it's way deeper than that, (laughs) right? I'm kind of generalizing it, but Ultimately, I, I think it's really going to be interesting to to see how this movement affect impacts the industry. You know, do you? I put it back on you. Do you think point of sale companies and the you know sunnies of the world doing the equipment? 
do you think that they're going to be progressive in the fact of trying to include new tech to benefit it? Uh, uh, yeah, that's a really good question. I guess my, my, I, my general, my generalized answer to that would be, is that I think that in aggregate, the industry has been so far behind and from a point of sale system based on my experience working in brick and mortar retail for 30 years, that yeah. there's a whole lot of catch up that's happening right now. And so until we get caught up and then you, you know, as well as I do that just the investment in the physical piece of equipment itself, you know, you can buy it and then three months later it's outdated. So I I think there's a lot of philosophical conversations that have to happen within the industry to to get to the point is, are we going to actually have point of sale systems? And, you know, you, you go to Canada and some other places in Europe and, they don't they're, they're, they don't have them and there's operators in this country that aren't using them they're just using tablets and so you know I, I think yeah. I, I think the the big ones you know have some catch-up work that need to happen on that perspective but I think a lot of it's gonna depend on what AI in general can do so to your point yeah. in the example that you gave, that seems very realistic the question becomes is could I go in as an operator and say, you, you know, what have, what are my water costs, but where are my problems? And then is AI yeah. giving me the solution to say you should do one, two, three, or if you did one, two, three, this is what you could aggregate the cost down to. And that's where I think ultimately, you know, AI, you know, could be very practical, but I don't know if it's there or not. And again, I'm not an expert. I'm just a lay guy who's interested in it. Now I can tell you on the marketing side and in speaking with other marketing operators, you know, and we're, we're using it too. Hey, I need a uh, type in chat GPT car, uh, 50% off a car wash text message. And I get that back. And, you know, and those are, it's, it is being utilized there. You know, there, there's some creative, um, that's being used within the industry from an AI perspective. So, but you, you still need a person. Somebody's got to look at it and make sure that yep. it makes sense. So, you know, I think there's that fine balance between how do you leverage technology, but at the end of the day, utilize it to, to drive your business. And I think that's what Wash Metrics is trying to get at in terms of helping to make operators more efficient. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I, again, I feel like I, I, or I wish that I had a better answer. I just don't know. I mean, when I got in, to doing our washes and, and starting Alpine, right? Like we were one of the early adopters of LPR. And I want to say we were the second or third express wash in Texas potentially that had LPR given we were a guinea pig. Um, because at, the, at that time there were had been all these recent advancements, right? But like when I when we talk about LPR, yeah, it's new to car washing. It makes total sense, especially on the membership base. Right. But like I've been driving out the tollway here and they've been billing me for 15 years right. by taking a picture, sending me the like automating, streamlining that process. So it's not, it's not necessarily that it's new technology. It's just like all of a sudden there's an adoption that happens in this industry after the fact, and then it's all the hype, but yet it's not like progressively pushing the envelope, you know, mm-hmm. And I don't know. 
I don't know. I, th- I think it's really, really intriguing now. So, George, were you going to ask a question? I saw you. Nope. Oh, so, you, you know, kind of to, to summarize all this, you can help operators that have one location or that have as many as as possible. That's um, right. So if, if I'm listening to this and I want to get in touch with you or, you know, what's the best way to learn more about wash metrics and and maybe you can share your contact info if you're comfortable doing that. And of course, of course. So our website is www.washmetrics with an X.com. And then we're across all social as wash metrics. You can find us across all the social handles. We have a YouTube channel. Uh, we're actually pushing out a new website next week that'll go live that has a whole slew. We've got our white papers going there with clients. We've got a lot of really interesting blog posts um, that I think are useful uh, to the industry. And then you can contact me directly, Palmer, P-A-L-M-E-R at washmetrics.com. Um, so we, I, I, I speak for our, our entire team. We would love to connect with you and at least have an insightful conversation about uh, what we're doing and how we could potentially help your wash or washes. Well, I, I, it's been great having you on today. You know, I, I think the thing that the first time that I talked to you, I said, oh, we got to get this guy on, on the podcast because, um, you know, what I love is you are an operator and you saw a problem and, and you, you used innovation to try and figure out a way to solve it. And, and it's, you know, evident based on at least the response that I see as an outside observer of how people in the industry are responding to you guys. So thanks for joining us and hopefully you'll stick around for our, our last segment, which is a great um, tie in to, uh, well, you hold know, on, Jonathan. Yeah. Do we, you have one you more know, question? I, I, I got I, I have to like show for business here because Palmer's going to want to get rid of those car washes. That, he's got. So I, I he was can, waiting uh, for you to ask go, that uh, question. <laughs> you can go full time at wash metrics. So Palmer, you know who to call. <laughs> I, so I actually, Jonathan, thank you. And George, you too. I really appreciate the opportunity. It's Jonathan, it's always a pleasure connecting with you. Um, so I, I gotta say, I, I had told my partner who also invested in wash metrics with us, but I had told him I was going to be leaving to do this full time, which I never thought I would. Cause I love the, I love the industry. I think it's a blast even on the bad days. Uh, right. Take a break. But he um, he had the full support of it. I ended up exiting to him. He bought me out of my position. So I'm I've, as of January 1st of this year, I am I'm no longer wearing an operational hat, unfortunately, George. But I'm happy to connect you guys outside of this. Should you want that connection? <laughs> Outstanding. Count, I appreciate it. Counting on it. Counting on it. That's awesome. Well, that's a great segue into um, this week's advice from the Wash Boys, sponsored by Welcome Mat Services. Um, Palmer, we always like to um, share like a piece of either fatherly advice that you would give to your kids. I know you have kids or um, advice that your father gave you or just something in general that's impacted you and your life. So would you mind sharing with our audience, uh, you know, a, a bit of your ad- advice? How old sure. are your kids, Palmer? I've got a son that is starting kindergarten on Tuesday, who's five and a half, will be six in November. And then I have a three and a half year old little girl, Landry, 
And then I have a nine month old little girl, uh, Remy. God bless. So you caught me at a very unique time because (laughs) the advice that I was given um, by my dad was don't use my mistakes as your excuses, which for some reason lives rent free in my head to this day. (laughs) Although I don't think I'm, you know, making a lot of excuses, but it's just one that has always stuck with me. And then due to my, really my three and a half year old and my almost six year olds evolution and growth. We're at a, we're, we're, we're in that point where it's, you know, treat others how you would like to be treated. Right. And so <laughs> trying to make sure that they're good people, they're loving, they're caring. Uh, you know, we're not hitting or kicking or scratching all the fun kid stuff. So um, that's my two cents on that. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. George, so did you have to go to your son and, and your mom again and ask for this week's uh, advice? You know, I or, did, or and what? they were useless. Apparently, <laughs> my son has not gotten any advice from me that was worth repeating. Okay. So um, <laughs> I was I was actually out to dinner the other night, and it dawned on me um, that uh, my son is incredibly uh, polite to waitstaff and... Um, and it was, and I, I give myself, I pat myself on the back for that, because uh, one of my piece of advice is the the service industry is full of people who uh, work very very hard and don't get paid as much and don't necessarily have the same opportunities that yeah. we do, and being kind and um, treating them with respect is incredibly important. And I always, if I go on a job interview or something, I'm interviewing somebody, and we go to lunch. It is my litmus test. If that person is difficult or mean to a to a waiter or a busboy or whatever, they're out. Yeah, that's great. So, that's yeah. awesome advice. Well, the um, um, the final fifth and final um, child of mine just got their driver's license last week, um, and and I, I will qualify this with saying that I do not like and have never. Um, been actively involved in teaching my children how to drive because I, I just can't handle it. I get way too stressed out about it. But um, I, I was in the car with my my daughter and driving with her, and she's actually doing a really good job. But my advice to her um, and to my other kids is be observant of your surroundings. And, you know, I think that that really um, translates to more than just driving be observant of people and what's going on around you so that you can, you know, make good decisions about what's upcoming. And that's obviously translating to driving, but I think it has broader application um, as opposed to just kind of walking through life with tunnel vision on. So that was my advice to her this week. And she's been driving by herself for a week and we haven't had an accident yet. So we're, we're really good there. Fingers crossed. That's, that's, a, that's a winner, Jonathan. That's a good one. Yeah. Well, that's a it, win. I didn't know you had five, Jonathan. Sorry to interrupt. That's incredible. So cheers to you. <laughs> cheers to my wife. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I give her, I, she gives advice about earwax and has raised five kids while I go out and do, you know, um, uh, work in car washes and all the other stuff that I've done the last 30 years. But 
Palmer, it's been great having you on. George, I really, really, really want you to come back to Phoenix and sit next to me again. We miss you here in the studio. Um, but it's been a fantastic episode this week of Car Wash Confessions with the Wash Boys. And we'll talk to everybody in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Palmer. Thanks, George. Thanks, Jonathan. It was a blast. Thanks. Are you ready to accelerate your business by capturing more membership at-bats? Introducing Welcome Mat, the nation's leading car wash digital marketing platform. Say goodbye to empty lanes and hello to a steady stream of new potential members. Welcome Mat's sophisticated digital targeting helps you drive more at-bats by reaching highly likely car wash members who live by or commute by any of your locations. The Welcome Mat marketing platform provides real-time results of each campaign by connecting to your car wash POS and captures customer data for ongoing digital retargeting for membership conversion. Don't miss out on this opportunity to revolutionize your car wash business. Try our leading car wash digital marketing platform today. Drive success, grow membership. Contact us now for a free demo at welcomemat.com.